0: Hail the power of Jesus' name, let angels prostrate fall Bring forth the royal Welcome to the Tag Your It Podcast, I am Ray Ray and... I'm the only one in the studio, and I do not have anybody on the line, so um, like I had posted to Facebook, I would be recording this offline, so again, another episode for all those podcast listeners, but I will put this up on YouTube, just audio only, um, because we had a a part one of uh, dealing with Philip Wright and his twisting of the rainbow. Um, but before that, I did say that I would provide a little bit of an explanation why. Um, but it's one of those things I just want you guys to know. Dave is a an a, a called elder. He is a shepherd of a congregation. And, uh, you know, that is number one. That's what he's been called to. So Tagurit is a secondary thing, and it can uh, be pushed aside if he needs to take care of, uh, you know, his sheep. And so, uh, you know, it's one of those things I just ask for your prayers. Um, just, you know, God knows the situation, so we don't have to know all the, all the details, but he's, uh, doing what he needs to do and what he's been called to do. And he's being faithful in that. And so I just want to let you guys know, um, you know, that's why all this is going down. Also, you know, I've got, um, a family that's doing lots of things. And so I needed to, uh, definitely, since I don't have Dave to sort of, you know, do his, uh, taking over while I sort of. Walk out of the room, take care of business, and then walk back and walk right back into the conversation and everything. I don't have that uh, tonight. So I'm doing it all offline. You might not hear any splices or anything. And that's only because, you know, I've got some maybe decent editing skills anyway. But, you know, um, just all the things that uh, we keep this uh, podcast informal and uh, conversational and, you know, more rooted in real life than manufactured, and I love that, Um, and I love that I'm able to do this and have Dave's blessing and that, uh, you know, the Word of God um, is the Word of God, and uh, if you study it, if you fear the Lord, He will give you wisdom, Um, and, you know, His insight, the insight of the Holy One um, is is wonderful because we know who that Holy One is. It's Jesus Christ um, who are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And so, you know, I can do this thing too, just by myself, um, utilizing God's word to speak the truth, um, especially whenever um, people bring up arguments against the knowledge of God and we have to destroy arguments we are called to. I'm called to do that by myself. I'm called to do that with my fellow brothers and sisters in the faith. And so tonight's just one of those by myself, anyway. Um, so, like I said, we dealt with Phil, uh, uh, with Philip, right? Anyway, and that's what I wanted to get to uh, tonight. But before we do that, um, you know, Dave and I had a couple of episodes um, to do, and uh, I'm just going to do a couple of things in one episode to sort of finish out this uh, Noahic Covenant Awareness Month uh, thing that we started this year. Um, we'll definitely uh, do this again, do, do the planning and, you know, again, do the planning while we say Lord willing, um, again, Lord willing, uh, the Lord was, uh, had greater things in mind, um, for Dave, uh, again tonight. And, uh, we, we thank God for that. We thank God for him. And, and everything and so we just roll with the punches and uh we we pray and we uh, ask god for the wisdom and the endurance to get things done so that's what i'm doing tonight so and i've asked a few people to be in prayer for me tonight on this one so uh thank you guys for uh, being a part of tag you're it and uh downloading this episode and your continued support and your prayers um, and what we uh, do uh, together and individually so anyway uh but before we get to phil i wanted to do another um, or bring another thing into the fore, anyway, is that there is this uh, new documentary that's going to come out called 1946, The Mistranslation That Shifted Culture. And so, this was brought to light um, by James White. And so, um, I don't want to deal with what he's already dealt with because he's much better. Um, you know, he's a textual scholar and he's dealt with the arsenokoitai thing. And, uh, you know, that's 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 his his realm he's a doctor and all that kind of stuff and so that's i want you to leave that i want to leave that to him so i want you to go uh find apologia studios and his sermon on it i want you to go to the dividing lines over the years where he's talked about this and you're going to get better information than you're going to find here um but you know i did watch the trailer and i saw something i heard heard a quote from this that uh from the outset there's problems um and and you have to be you have to listen with a highly critical ear whenever you're listening to this and not just get drawn in by emotion and uh you're you know loving on somebody and your compassion for somebody just to let things slip by let words slip by because there's there's something here that needs to definitely be said from the outset of this trailer so with that said i want to play a quote and then uh we'll sort of i'll delve into
1: what I went into this research wanting the answer, no matter what it revealed. If God said, you are such a horrible abomination that I needed to rid this planet of myself, I was willing to do that because I love God that much. But when I dug in, that's not what I found.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's the problem that we have here is an emotional first premise where this guy took his what he believed, and he, pro- he pronounces what he believes um, from the outset, and uh, we need to definitely hear what people say, and we're listening, I'm listening here, and what I'm hearing is you haven't understood the whole scripture, the whole message, the law, and the gospel on this issue, and so let me repeat. Uh, what he said in here a little bit slower than what uh, you know the video uh, gave us anyway. It said, if God said that you were such a horrible abomination, then I needed to rid the planet of myself, and I was willing to do that because I love God that much. So let's take this argument here. I love God so much that if he calls me an abomination,
1: I have to get rid of myself. I need to kill myself. Right. So
0: where did he get that? That's, that's the problem. And so whenever you hear something like this, whenever you watch this trailer, whenever you see all the research poured out because of this argument from the outset, there's already an issue and that's going to end up probably leading you to the whole issue of, they're going to only attack one text whenever there are multiple texts, whenever there's a whole Bible, a Tota Scriptura issue on this. And so let's think about this. Where did God say that you are such a horrible abomination and that you should rid the world of yourself? Here's where the gospel comes in and the Noahic Covenant comes in. Because we got to remember the Noahic Covenant says that even though they go astray from their youth, I'm not going to destroy the world. So if God's not going to destroy the world by a flood anymore because you go astray, doesn't specify the sin. It just says they all go astray from their youth. I will not do this anymore. Now, there is judgment coming, and we've already talked about that already um, on previous episodes anyway, but that's, that's the whole deal. When did God say that you should get rid of yourself because you are an abomination. The thing is, is what this guy has done now is he has skipped over the gospel. And what I'm going to have to say is you skip over the gospel because you don't think you need it. You need to do the research to maybe change the language of scripture. Did God really say homosexuality is a sin? Well, if I can prove that he didn't, then I'm okay, and I don't need to repent. I don't need the gospel on this. And that's the problem. But apparently he did need the gospel because, well, apparently he read the scripture right saying that homosexuality is an abomination. And we know that from the law. We know that from Leviticus. And so, yes, there's going to be other people that say, well, you know, the old old law is gone and all that kind of stuff. And that is not true. This guy was reading it correct, except for the fact that he didn't want to repent he missed the gospel instead of going. Well, no, God has hasn't God provided? Hasn't you know? I love God so much. Why do you love God so much? Do you love God so much because you see that in Jesus Christ that He sends Jesus Christ to be the Savior of His people, to be the one that atones for the sins of His people? Where was that in the in in his in his talk? And so you know that's the sad thing is this person has not. Taking the take he's he skipped over the gospel anyway and so what we need to understand about homosexuality in this is because this whole video is just going to attack um you know 1946 where um in the rsv translation you know the translator said this is where we need to use you know, tai means homosexuality um you get down to the csb which i have it says that men who have sexual or have sexual relations with men. Um, It doesn't use the term homosexuality, but it's still doing the same thing. Now um, the only problem with that is, is there's more text. And so what we really need to understand and what I really want, would like to get out anyway, is that um, with my seven weeks anyway of, of uh, study time and reading time, you know, I really got into Matthew and in Matthew five, you know, the big deal is, is does Christ abolish the law and he actually never does. And so whenever we've talked about in covenantal theology, we've got to look at continuities and discontinuities, just like uh, God wasn't going to destroy the earth anymore um, because of the wickedness of men. And so the wickedness of men is something continuous with things, you know, from the fall of Adam to after Noah, the wickedness of men never changed but god made a promise to not destroy the earth again he did say that i'm not going to curse the ground because of them anymore kind of a thing so whenever we get in here uh, matthew 5 um 5 8 or five 17, don't think that i came to abolish the law or the prophets i did not come to abolish but to fulfill the law and you know whenever you talk a lo- to a lot of people out there you know here's one way to try to skirt the law uh, especially when it comes to the homosexuality debate um the thing is, is he, you know, we, we try to get rid of that. We say, well, no, he fulfilled the law. You know, he didn't abolish it. He, di- he fulfilled it. But the thing is, whenever you are acting, the practice of that, that comes out where you're saying that his fulfillment abolished the law, and it didn't. And he goes on to say that, for truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. And so, all things are not accomplished actually yet. Now, Christ finished salvation and justification and and atonement, but not all things are accomplished quite yet. Therefore, whoever breaks one one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For until unless if your righteousness surpasses the scribes and the Pharisees, you'll never get into the kingdom of heaven. So the the big deal is is the law. Um, you know you, you can you can try to take away First Corinthians six um but you still have to deal with the fact that the law is in force which again paul in romans 3 here's the big deal paul in romans 3 going by that same logic i should try to rid the world of myself so just because you're homosexual and you read the text and you come to the conclusion that well if if you love god and he finds you an, abom- an abomination and you're supposed to uh you know rid the world of yourself um Really, uh, if you look in Romans 3, we should all do that. It's not just about homosexuals. You know, this is, this is a whole big deal. We should all get rid of ourselves, if that's the logic behind it, if that's, if that's true, because it says in Romans 3, what then are we any better off? Not at all, for we have already charged that both Jews and Gentiles, remember, Jews are the particular covenant nation that God dealt with, and the gentiles are the many nations that are not jews that are not in covenant with god all right and so he's talking about everybody here that both jews and gentiles are under sin he says there's no one righteous not even one there's no one who understands there is no one who seeks god all have turned away all are like all alike have become worthless there's no one who does what is good not even one and their throat is an open grave they deceive with their tongues. Vipers' venom is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and wretchedness are in their paths, and the path of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And if uh, we get, uh, if we want to go back to the Old Testament, let's think about this. You know, he doesn't use the word abomination in here, but this uh, Romans 3 which is quoting things from the Old Testament, is also akin, if you get into Proverbs uh, 6, 16 through 19 here, it says, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. So this is where we can say the abomination is used. Haughty eyes and a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among the brothers. Same deal. So these this this Romans three passage says that we are all abominations. And so the 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 thing is, is if what he says is true about being a homosexual, that I'm an abomination, we should, you know, I should kill myself and rid the world of myself, well, me too. We are all under sin. And that's what Romans talks about. But is that what the nineteen forty-six folks are going to bring to the fore? Or are they only going to make and, and think that homosexuality is just a special case. Um, no, no, no. Everybody is an abomination. So even if you were to prove, and I, so I'm not going to sit here and do textual criticism. And, and like I said, but what I'm going to say is even if it just said pederasty, okay, and this is, I'm not conceding that. So don't hear me wrong on that, but I'm just saying for the sake of argument, you just say, say it only says pederasty in uh, 1 first Corinthians right there um where you're looking. Well, it doesn't matter. Guess what? You're gonna be checked off as an abomination somewhere else. And so by the same logic you are still stuck in a place where you should find yourself because you love God so much and you want to hate what he hates, you have to hate yourself and then rid the world of yourself. So there's no way out just because you change a word. Though arsenicoitai does mean what it what the scholars have come up with is that Paul was talking about the act of men in bed, men having sexual relations with men, which is against the created order that God made male and female. He made them for each other because they are covenant male. They are covenant female living in covenant together underneath the covenant of God, the God of covenant, right? So, you know, this is why covenantal language is so important. We can't uh, do any parts and pieces. We have a whole system, um, a whole scripture, a whole law, a whole gospel, um, and they all work together. And so that diamond with its facets, that, that, that symbol anyway is still um, a, a big necessary thing to understand that you can't understand a full diamond without all the facets and then, If you just look at just a facet, you're missing the whole diamond. Um, And and so that's that's the big issue. But the thing is, is whenever you get into Corinthians 6 is the gospel. You don't have to rid the world of yourself. You get to come to Christ. Christ has been sent into the world to save sinners. And so you cannot skip past the gospel, but the gospel does require repentance. But it does say, do not be deceived no sexually immoral immoral people idolaters adulterers or males who have sex with males no thieves greedy people drunkards verbally abusive people or swindlers will inherit the kingdom or inherit God's kingdom and some of you used to be like this but you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the spirit of our God and so that's the gospel the gospel is that we come to Christ that we not only believe in that there was a Christ, but that we believe in him and that we do what we follow his commands and his commands were to not relax the law as we've seen in Matthew five. And so again, when we go back to Romans three here, we see we can, we can continue in, in that conversation. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are subject to the law so that every mouth may be shut and the whole world may become subject to God's judgment. So the law has been the law for the whole world the whole time. What do you think uh, God, do you think God had a different standard for the land of Canaan um, that he utilized Israel as judgment on the people? So he didn't destroy the whole world by a flood, but he still had judgment and, and had favor on a certain people. And had judgment on, on others. And so we see the same sort of idea in a different way. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested by the law and the prophets. So remember, if you believe Moses, you would believe in me, but you don't believe in me, right? As that's what Jesus told the Pharisees. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented Him as an atoning sacrifice in His blood, received through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented Him to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time so that we would be righteous and declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. And here's where the law again comes in. Where then is boasting It is excluded? By what kind of law? By one of works? No, on the contrary, by a law of faith. Remember, we have faith in Jesus Christ. We can't do the law to be justified. And this is what he's going to say. For we can conclude that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Because remember, we can't do, we're all abominations. And we can't do anything to get ourselves out of it. So, for we conclude that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law, or is God the God of the Jews only? No, or he is not the God of the Gentiles too? Yes, he, of the Gentiles too. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, do, not we, or do we then nullify the law through faith, though we're saved apart from the law? Do we nullify the law? Did God, did, again, did Jesus fulfill? Yes. But did he abolish? No. What does Paul say here? Do we then nullify the law through faith? Absolutely not. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Again, Matthew 5, if we relax the law. So we can't do that. And again, even if you change the one word in 1 Corinthians 6, you're still going to find yourself an abomination somewhere else. And by the same logic, if you don't believe the gospel if you do not repent you still need to read the world of yourself but I'm, but the beautiful thing the gospel is is that you can come to Christ repent of your sin according to the reality that Christ presupposes which is the fact that since he created all things he created male Jesus created male and female he created the union and it's the union of male and female that is what is the uh, picture of are the church's marriage to christ we are the bride and he is the groom and so that's the thing is with whenever you are whenever they're trying to do what they're doing they're totally ruining all the symbols all the images everything in scripture to salvage their one thing that they they want to have not be sin but they can't get around it. And so I want you guys to be aware of this. I want you to be able to preach the gospel to people. They're missing the gospel. They, um, Just like in the abortion debate, if we do not, let, if we do not uh, treat women who um, are ready to murder their babies as murderers and we're going to say that they're okay, we are not giving them the gospel opportunity to be reconciled to God and we're leaving them in their sin same thing here with homosexual issue. Um, so there's very much analogous things going on there. So, um, but that's all I wanted to hit with that. Um, again, if you want to get deeper into the textual issues, you can check out James Y on the dividing line. And then again, his wonderful sermon on Apologia, uh, at Apologia church, you can look that up on YouTube. All right. Now, uh, we are going to switch gears. And, uh, like I said, we, uh, had dealt with, uh, Philip Wright and we've Dealt with him uh, a few times in the past, um, but uh, we were dealing with uh, for the No8 Covenant Awareness Month anyway. His his sermon on is called "This Is the Day." It was actually for St Patrick's Day, and he's talking about St Patrick um, along with everything. But uh, you know, if you look on YouTube again, um, if you just search "What Does the Rainbow Symbolize?" question mark um, You'll see uh, this sermon. So that's the uh, you know a major portion is him talking about the rainbow. Um, You know, it's kind of mentioning St. Patrick and passing, you know, this is more of an agenda to talk about the rainbow um, while he can anyway. um, But uh, we we talked about... this previously. So if you go back a few weeks um, in our uh, catalog, anyway, you'll see part one of twisting the rainbow. Um, This is now part two. And so uh, let's continue on. I'm going to let me uh, actually get this up to the right speed. Anyway, it'll speed it up, but I'll put it on 1.5 speed. And uh, that'll help us get through. Um, well, I'm not going to get through the whole sermon because there's a lot more issues to talk about than just the rainbow. And that's something that Dave and I can definitely do together um, because he ends up talking about Pelagius and liking Pelagius and all that stuff. And you know that's a whole nother topic uh, that we can talk about. Um, but it is connected to um, what he what he began the ser- sermon with, or his lesson. I'm not going to call it a sermon, um, but the lesson with um, that uh, we are all basically good, um, and 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 that's the problem um, that he that that is set up from the outset anyway um, then he gets into it but you know I wanted to talk about the rainbow because it is no 8 covenant awareness month um, we've already dealt with um, some of the issues and so let's just continue on with what he has to
1: say well God says I have placed my bow and that's really a more literal interpretation or translation. I have placed my bow, not rainbow, but my bow in the clouds, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Now, some scholars interpret this verse and this usage as meaning that God takes this bow, like a bow and arrow, an instrument of war, and he sets it up and he puts it up, he retires it. Almost like God is saying, I'm not mad anymore. I'm at peace now. And no matter what you do, no matter how badly you mess up, uh, destruction is off the table.
0: Now, what he needs to understand and what he doesn't say. Again, is that this is a covenant not to destroy the earth by a flood again. And what he is doing is he's misleading his people into believing that all destruction is off the table. Well, sadly for him, um, not all destruction is off the table because this covenant established, again, the law of retribution. That if a man sheds a man's blood by a man, his blood shall be shed. Isn't that destruction of life? yeah, the the person broke the law, and it is destroying a life, but he's brought justice because why? Not because of all men are good, which is again at the outset and at the ending of the sermon. this lesson that that's the problem, and so he's being very deceptive. He is being misleading, and you know. I hope and pray that there are people in this congregation that open their Bibles and go, you forgot to mention this. You forgot to mention this. What about this? What about this? Because these are very, very important issues and he's not talking about it. This is a, you know, a pulpit crime. And (laughs) that's, that's the problem. He's not dealing with the text and it's very sad. So is destruction of the earth off the table? Yeah. Is this destruction of people off the table?
1: No. Is not an option. And God put up permanently, forever, this instrument of war.
0: Except for whenever we go to Revelation uh, 6 here, I think. Let me uh, open up to that. I'm going to be very informal as well, even though I tried to plan a little bit uh, because this is just me <laughs> anyway. Uh, but if we go to Revelation, if we're going to talk about a bow and we're going to let Scripture interpret Scripture, After being in the throne room where, you know, saw the one sitting on the throne and there was a rainbow with the appearance of jasper or emerald here. Let's um, see here. The first seal on the scroll. Then I saw the lamb open one of the seven seals and heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come, and I looked and there was a white horse and his rider held a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went out as a conqueror in order to conquer. So the bow wasn't permanently put away, right? There is a conquering going on with the first seal breaking, and I mean we can bring eschatology into that. And I know that I've been told by one of the associate pastors to check my eschatology, um, and and uh, you know in the past, and uh, you know we can we can talk about the fact that you know I believe that Christ is redeeming. His creation that he loved, that Jesus, that God, for God so loved the cosmos, his whole creation, the world that he'd made, that he sent his only begotten Son, and that there is a, a uh, redemption of creation because the whole earth groans for the day that the sons of God would be revealed. But not all are sons of God. We have emancipated ourselves, for one, you know, that's what happened uh, in the garden. And God has been very discerning, and He only, and He's been very choosy Himself on who He makes covenant with, and He's not making covenant with everybody in the special saving way that we see in Scripture. So, did God get rid of the bow permanently? No, there's a bow that comes out in this uh, first seal on the scroll, and yes, that's the whenever Christ ascended to the throne as the land that was slain that grabs the scroll and he starts opening up those
1: seals those are the seals to defeat the old covenant to bring in the new let's go on and look at chapter 9 and verse 16 when the rainbow is in the clouds i will notice it and remember there he is having to tie the string around his finger again to remember something again um, just if you
0: missed the last episode uh this is called anthropo uh, ah, man anthropomorphism we got to think about it. How does God reveal himself, and how does he speak to man? And he wants to speak to man so that man understands. And we got to understand, the first time it ever rained, it destroyed everything. And so rain was going to come again, but it was going to stop. And so whenever they saw the bow, we see the bow, and we go, we know we are assured that God will not destroy us by this anymore. Because remember, the water cycle was different. Mist came up from the ground. To water, and then there was a curse on the ground that men had to work hard. So God sort of diminishes his uh, his help there and his his providence there, um, and makes man work hard. And then in the Noachic covenant, he says, "I won't curse the ground." Well, it's going to rain, and rain's pretty darn awesome. And that's an, a grace of God that he gives the sunshine, he gives the rain um, to to the wicked and righteous a distinction that Phil never makes. Alike, so yes, there is an inclusivity of of a common grace. So if if it's not merited by us, which it, the rain and sunshine can't even be merited by us, that is wonderful that God has given us the rain and sunshine. Again, he uh, he allowed he he saved Noah and his family to keep a promise that he made that he would send the snake crusher, um, and he remember he killed everybody, but he still kept people alive to continue. The plan that he had to get to Christ. Again, we have to look at things covenantally
1: and make the distinctions that the Bible makes. I will notice it and remember the perpetual covenant between God and all living creatures of all kinds that are on the earth. The verse that we read a moment ago said that it's a covenant not just with the creatures of the earth of all kinds, but it's a covenant with the earth itself. So this covenant represents a radical inclusivity. The covenant is between God and the earth, God and every creature.
0: All right. So here's the deal there's a radical inclusivity. And I can say that, yes, this is uh, what we call a common grace. Um, but he's not making a distinction that, again, that we need to make that there are righteous, there are wicked. He's saying that we're all righteous. We are all okay, um, you know, from the outset um but that's the problem so just li- listen to this he said this is radical inclusivity now listen to what he lists off and just think about what he doesn't list off
1: if this is a radical inclusivity upon the earth it is a covenant between God and every girl and woman, every boy and man, every, every intersex person, every gay man, every lesbian, every bisexual person, every transgender person. It is a covenant between God and every uh, atheist, agnostic, religious person, a covenant between God and every Hindu, Muslim, uh, Buddhist, Christian, Jew, and you fill in the blank or whatever religion it might be. It's a covenant between God and a person who uh, defies and explodes every category. Okay, how about this?
0: Let's let's get what you missed here. Let's continue to fill in the blanks. He made a covenant with every Hitler, Mao, Pol Pot, you know, gay basher, murderer, tyrant, despot. Remember, we've got to be radically inclusive here. So he's not making any distinctions. God is not making any distinctions, right, Phil? And so why aren't you able to admit that this includes Hitler, Mao, Pol Pot, every gay basher out there, every murderer out there, uh, tyrant, despot,
1: all that. This is a very inclusive type of uh, principle being taught to us. God has made a promise with, with the planet. He's made a promise with every living creature. So if you're looking for liberation as a feminist as a womanist in mean, this month of march as we look at women's history then here are these verses and take a look at saint patrick the guy that we're going to celebrate in a couple of days saint patrick lived in a time in which uh, unfortunately not too much different than our time at at, uh, at at certain moments when women just were not treated very equally fairly uh, and he dealt a lot with uh, slavery because he himself had been a slave yeah i know and, that's uh, that's
0: one thing that i forgot to to say i mean i planned for that because it does come up Why does it include the slaver? So maybe you could say, well, you know, the gay or not the gay basher, um, uh, but like the murderer or the tyrant, the despot, you can say, well, by, you know, even though he doesn't talk about the whole, uh, you know, the the law that God lays down in this covenant, well, those are, you know, murderers, people murderers, right? Um, He's not making covenant with them. Um, you know, you really can't say that either. I mean, that's this, this. He's, I'm just again, when we done did our meme theology, you know, let's, let's get into the absurdity. Let's, let's step into the absurdity and see what comes out. You know, just how, like, how much more absurd things can we say until we, uh, wake up a little bit? And again, that can only be possible, uh, um, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, but think about it the slaver is included in this covenant. The slaver is a, uh, a living creature, the slaver might not kill anybody; he just you know beats them a little bit, he kidnaps some, whatever, but doesn't kill him, right? So but this is again, a radical inclusivity. So you know what's wrong with slavery uh, uh, in this uh, covenant?
1: you know, they're included. He thought differently than the majority. He believed and he taught that in God's eyes, everyone was equal. All genders were equal. Slave and free were equal. St. Patrick even went so far as to teach women how to read, which in that day… Yeah,
0: slave and free are equal underneath this covenant. Why can't you say
1: it? It was a scandalous and heretical thing to do. So, so give a toast to St. Patrick on Wednesday, an ancient feminist. I love the rainbow as a symbol of the LGBTQ plus… equality. I think it reflects that rainbow as that flag, the intent of inclusivity that I see in this story. Here's a picture of Sarah Kate Ellis, and the guy below is Gilbert Baker. And Gilbert Baker in 1978 came up with the idea for the rainbow as the flag to represent LGBTQ individuals. And Sarah is the president of GLAAD, the Gay Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. And she says this about the flag. By teaching young people about the importance of every color of the rainbow, our rainbow aims to encourage awareness, kindness, and acceptance for all. Yep. And so
0: again, this is just the, you know, the egalitarian thing. Uh, again, there's no distinctions made, um, but it's not going to be played out whenever, uh, you know, we, we can't be all inclusive. We can't tolerate everything. You know, they're not going to tolerate murderers they're not going to tolerate gay bashers they're not going to tolerate slavers they're not going to tolerate that but you know if if god has put his bow in the sky right to to never destroy anything again then they're included too aren't they and that's that's the absurdity and that's why we have to get the Noah covenant right that's why we have to get all the covenants right. And how do we get the covenants right? Covenants are made whenever two parties speak to one another. And God spoke creation into existence by his word, which is Jesus Christ. He is the the originator of creation. He He's the, the covenant. He is the oath. He is the amen. Right? So covenant, again, is important even whenever we say that. And so he spoke he spoke creation and then after the fall he spoke redemption we hear the eternal decree where the father spoke to the son the nations will be your heritage right and then he spoke to Noah here he spoke to Abraham he spoke to David and then he spoke to the people through the apostles and that's why he prayed not for the whole world But for the ones that were given to him, that the Father gave to him, and that we, that he prayed for the ones that believe because of their word. So they become covenantal spokesmen. So again, we have to get covenant right. And that's why, you know, I have to, by Scripture's own testimony, have to submit myself to this hermeneutic because it's the only thing that makes sense of it. And whenever we take our human reasoning, when we try again to do this natural theology, which if you watch the rest of the sermon, he's going to go to Pelagius and Pelagius just goes to nature uh, to try to explain things and and steal capital from scripture at the same time, making scripture absurd because of what he says, what he finds in nature, where Pelagius believed in the goodness of man and not the original sin of man. Um, Again, which one is it? And where do, what standard do you get that from? Is it, did God say, or do I get to make this up? Did God give me the freedom to make something up? And that's what the Venues is doing, and that's why we need to warn them. Because there is another day of judgment coming, and the bow is going to come out. And, you know, and it's one of those things, it's it's, an, it's it's not going to be a destruction of the earth, or the earth is going to be redeemed. Um. And uh, everything is going to be underneath the authority of Jesus Christ. But there's a resurrection. There's a last day coming where there will, everybody will be judged. And neither you'll have the righteousness of Christ. God is only going to look at Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. You haven't done anything to merit yourself. You're not going to be able to come with a resume to God and say, this is why I get to live with you, right? Now God's going to be like, you get to be with me or not. And it's Jesus Christ that's going to say, I never knew you or welcome in, my good and faithful servant. So Christ divides still. And again, Phil is not bringing any distinctions, even though he would in other circumstances, I'm sure. Um, You know, again, like I said, when it comes to Mal Popot and Hitler and, uh, you know, murderers, and, uh, you know, really when it comes to anybody that would be considered a gay basher, which he would consider me as a gay basher, even though I'd say, well, no, it's sin. And I'm warning and I'm only delivering the word, what I, what I read or what I get from the word of God. I'm not coming up with it myself. But anyway, we need to do this compassionately. Um, this is a Springfield issue, but it's not just a Springfield issue. This is an everywhere issue. And uh, we need to be again, ready to contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. We need to give an answer for the hope that lies within us, which is the gospel Uh, We need to be like, it's the gospel because it presupposes the law that will kill every one of us and shut all of our mouths. And then the gospel enables us to understand the goodness of the law and that it is still in force because if the law is not in force, then God can judge no one. And that's you know, part of the argument. But anyway, uh, with that said, this concludes uh, this year's uh, no A covenant awareness month. And we'll do this again next year, but the uh, issues will not go away. And so Dave and I will more than likely uh, hear something and uh, deal with it on the show, but we're going to go on to other subjects as well um, to make sure that uh, we stay sharp. And uh, hopefully while we stay sharp, we sharpen you. And then uh, guys, please uh, get a hold of us and uh, sharpen us as well with your questions, your comments and all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, Know all the stuff that goes on arguing on Facebook or in person or whatever. You know that only um, God uses all that um, to produce maturity in His people, and so I do not back down from that, um, and I find it awesome and good, and uh, you know knowing that God is going to produce good things because of it, even if I have to uh, put a sock in my mouth for a minute and then come out and repent of something that I'm wrong about too. Uh, so uh, again uh, just uh, keep Dave and uh, Dave in your prayers as he uh, does what he does as an elder um, shepherding his church keep his church in prayer um, keep the Taguret podcast in prayer and we uh, you know thank you guys again for your just support and uh, you guys always uh, just uh, downloading the episodes and listening and uh, talking to us about it uh, whenever we do get to interact with anybody that uh, does um, you know, download the episodes and listen to them or watch them on YouTube. Uh, please uh, again, like if you're on YouTube, uh, like, like things uh, subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. Uh, you make sure that uh, you know, your rate, if, if you haven't rated us on your favorite podcast app, rate us, give us a review that helps. Um, those are things that can help uh, get the content pushed up and, and, and it's free. Um, nobody has to pay for anything. It's just a couple seconds of your time, and we would much appreciate that, and thank you so much for that. But uh, with that said, this is the Tag You're It podcast. I'm Ray Ray, and Soli Deo Gloria.